Hello, listener, and welcome to Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. This is the New Life Program, and I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Today, Brother Ian Moser will be talking about choosing the best during the Bible segment. Before that, we'll be having Fred Bill Otieno coming to us with healthy relationships. We also have great tunes that will be coming your way. To start off, here's Kurasini Church Choir with the song, Omemgusa Buana Karibu. Jen 
I'm glad that you're still keeping me company. Here's this health segment by Fred Bill Otieno. Welcome. Does any level of abuse exist within your relationship? Is your relationship nurturing, comfortable, and fun? Do arguments or fights lead to abuse or threaten breakups? Do both of you and your partner protect and nourish your relationship? If your answer to any of these questions is no, don't go away. I have some tips that can restore the peak of relationship. Healthy relationships are more than good luck. As a couple, you must share a personal connection and support each other. Secondly, infatuation develops when passion and physical attraction stimulates the relationship. You must also be committed to each other and to the relationship. Therefore, in order for a couple to have complete love relationship, the thinking, infatuation, and commitment must be present. However, couples may not have complete love this is because couples view love differently. Whereas men frequently see love as a game, focusing on the physical aspect, women are more traditional and relationship cautious. Women look for stability and shared interests, whereas men just want to have fun. Despite this, both view compassion and self-giving to be very important. A healthy relationship exists when you and your partner can manage conflict and existing differences by means of mature communication rather than threats or acts of despair. The happy and satisfied couples should make clear commitment to each other to make their relationship good. This can be done by giving the relationship time and attention it deserves, placing quality time together at the top of your list of priorities, other things that demand your time should sometimes be cancelled or delayed. Dinners are sometimes put on hold while you talk. You may be late for a party or work or a visit to a relative. Arrange weekends or vacations alone with other children or friends. Good couples sometimes turn down invitation and they carefully examine events and tasks. A good and satisfying relationship can happen only when there's time for it. Couples should not put off intimacy and conversation while they get things done. Cleaning their house, talking to relatives or friends on the phone, watching TV, should not replace loving behaviors. If anything good happens, it comes later at the end of a fatiguing day or put off until the weekends or the vacation. Happy couple, don't stop making date with each other or save upon expected times and opportunities. They take time and pay a lot of attention to each other. The happy couple are quite unique in that they quickly recover from arguments and hurt feelings. They're often able to temporarily put aside relationship problems to experience something enjoyable together. They put off further arguments while they go to a concert, out to a dinner and a party. Soon after having a good time together, the couple try to quickly resolve issues that an unhappy couple spend a lifetime fighting about. The healthy couple try to work on important disagreements in this way only when they are both at their best. 
healthy relationship, content couples know the importance of surprise, tenderness, compliments, and special little gifts. Big, expensive gifts do not predict happiness in your relationship. But little and regular ones do. Behave always to your partner in a romantic manner. The gifts and phone calls are especially important since they communicate clearly what the words cannot. Avoid the deadly danger of taking each other for granted. If you're gone too long being busy with the other things, apologize and do something about it. A major feature of actually feeling in love is that wonderful sense of anticipation. When thinking warmly about our partner, happy couples plan ahead and make invitation to their partners. They know the importance of keeping passion alive. They regularly create anticipation by phoning their partners at work and making a hot date for that evening. They describe their passion and may even offer a menu for the anticipated event. Happy couples work at their relationship and take them seriously. They play at making their partnership fun and healthy. They understand the extremely high value of humor and laughter. What other couples react as tragedies, these couples are sometimes able to find humor in and therefore do not respond to some situations with anger and anxiety. Do the best you can and understand that you're merely human. Take love and fun filled with care of the child within yourself and your partner. Communication must exist in healthy relationship. Nonverbal communication may be even more important than strictly verbal communication to intimate relationship. Don't always sit around talking about your relationship. There should be an open agreement between you that when something needs to be said, it will. And don't just talk about the problems in your relationship. Spend even more time talking about the things you love about your partner and partnership. As an important part of your communication, share the big, important issues such as dreams and fears. Tell each other the stories of your lives, sharing your understanding of how your past influences your present. Sometimes you can courageously even share your fantasies with your partner. Children are ever-present danger to the health of the relationship. This is more true today than ever. Due to the high number of single parents and blended families, to be happy as a couple, maintain a commitment that your children are not going to have a large negative impact on your love and romance. Do all you can to ensure that your partner does not feel second to the children or anything else. Make sure your children respect your privacy. This happens best when parents also have respect for the children's privacy. It is easy for parents to minimize the negative impact of children on the relationship because the children are comfortably aware that they are loved. With very rare exception, it is extremely helpful to the child's development to observe regular affection between parents. A relationship fails where couples deal with disagreements by withdrawing, ignoring their partner's feelings, and escalating the intensity of the arguments. It is very important that the female partner ends clear, especially nonverbal, signals about her desires for distance or closeness. It is equally important that the male partner 
pays close attention to our tone signals, interpret her correctly, he must respond quickly if the relationship is run smoothly. Therefore, listener, before we come to conclude this topic, you may have noted that the big secret to a happy long-term relationship is no big secret at all. These things are generally common sense. But also common sense is not always so common. As I mentioned earlier, couples are able to keep doing most of the things that seem to come so easily when they fell in love. Anyone who's knowledgeable and attentive can have a happy, intimate relationship. Lastly, do not pretend when your relationship is falling apart. Deal with the problem immediately it happens with your partner. I'm sure today's topic has been helpful as it was to me. Over and above, let's put God to be our binding force, the first and the last and everything in between in our relationship. Have a wonderful and healthy relationship. I've been your presenter, Fred Billy Okeno. For those who just joined us, this is Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Do not forget to send your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box 4276, code 00, 100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi@ek.adventist.org. It is now time to get our spiritual nourishment from Brother Ian Mosi. Be blessed. Greetings, dear listener, and welcome to our study today. The topic of our study is choosing the best. Welcome and feel at the feet of Jesus. I am a presenter, Ian Muse. The power of choice is a wonderful gift from God. Yet there is one choice God never allowed man to exercise. No one can choose whether or not to be born with a sinful nature. The decision which affects our lives 
the most was made long, long ago by our forefathers. We have absolutely no choice about the kind of nature we possess at birth. It is a sinful nature. If unchanged, it will lead to eternal death. But even though we are born with a fallen nature, God gives us a choice about changing that nature. It is a personal, sovereign choice that no one can take away from us. Without doubt, it constitutes the most important decision that any person faces during his lifetime. The choice is whether we yield to that sinful nature and die eternally, or receive a new nature through faith in Christ and live eternally. Nowhere in the Bible is entrance into God's kingdom tied to a momentary or even temporary faith experience of the past. Salvation is a dynamic, growing relationship with the only one who has eternal life to bestow. It requires continuing contact in order to receive it. The very life of God can be shared with the men, but never apart from a living union with Christ. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12 Just as the constant creative energy of God is necessary to sustain the universe and to hold atoms together, so his divine power is constantly needed to maintain spiritual life in the soul. When a person willfully chooses to separate from God, the contact is broken and the spiritual life ceases to flow. God will not violate the will of anyone in making that choice either. For proof that Christians can lose their connection with Jesus and be lost, read John chapter 15 verse 1 to 6. There Christ explains one of the great miseries of eternal life. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Ye, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verses 5 and 6. If a person does not abide in Christ, he withers, dies, and is finally burned up. This proves that the relation of a believer to Christ is never a static thing based on only on a past experience. It is a current mutual sharing of a common life which is drawn from him who is our life. Colossians 3 verse 4 When the branch is separated from the vine, the source of life is gone and only death can result. These words of Jesus are too clear to be misconstrued. Even believing, trusting Christians who are connected to the living vine may choose to separate from the vine. When they do, they die and will be cast into the fire and burned. Nothing can wither and die that has not previously been alive. Security is eternal only for those whose faith is eternally fixed on Jesus and whose life is connected to the one who is our life. Obviously, we can choose to be lost no matter how saved we once were. Everything depends on maintaining the divine connection with the true vine. Jesus taught the same solemn truth about losing eternal life in the parable of the sour. In explaining the seed which fell among the thorns and the rocks, Jesus said, Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they shall believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Luke chapter 8 verse 12 to 13 There are several things to note about this parable. First, only one class will finally be saved, the ones who brought forth much fruit. The groups represented by the wayside and rocks will not be saved. In verse 12, 
the wayside hearers did not have a chance to believe and be saved. But in the next verse, the stony ground hearers do for a while believe. What kind of believing is this? According to verse 12, it is a kind that saves. So the ones who believed for a while were saved for a while. But in time of temptation, they fell away. Eventually, of course, they were lost along with all the others, except the fruit bearers. Here is an equivocal teaching of our Lord that people can have a saving faith for a while and yet lose it and be lost. In Luke chapter 12, verse 42 to 46, Christ described in another parable how a faithful servant could turn into an unfaithful one after asking, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? Jesus answers his own question. That servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing, he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Then Christ explains how that servant could lose his reward. But, and if that servant says in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Verses 45 and 46. Here is a perfect example by the master teacher as to how a faithful and wise servant can be punished with the unbelievers. Jesus was talking about a man whom he had seen faithful enough to trust with heavy responsibilities. Undoubtedly, this servant represents those who carefully served the Lord as true believers. But what happened? That very faithful servant departed from the path of faithfulness and reaped eternal ruin and death. Does this not also remind us of the words of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38? Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The servant in the parable, who was a believer, is now punished with the unbelievers. The faithful can draw back to perdition. One more parable of Christ spotlights the fact that continued forgiveness is conditional for the believer. The story is found in Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 to 35 and revolves around the forgiveness of God. A certain king responded to the pleas of his servant and forgave him a large debt. The servant went out and found a fellow servant who owed him a small amount and showed no mercy throwing him in prison because he could not pay. When the king heard what had happened, he rescinded his cancellation of the large debt and had his servant thrown to the tormentors till he paid in full. No one can deny the obvious teaching of this parable. Even though God graciously forgives those who apply for it, that forgiveness is not without conditions for the future. We can lose that forgiveness by being unmerciful to others. This is in harmony with the words of the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 13. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live if he trust to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. The principle is repeated in verse 18. When the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. The secret lies in maintaining the righteous relationship with the source of salvation. Jesus said, He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Matthew 24 verse 13 No one will be saved finally who does not hold out against a cause of deliberate sin in the power of God. Those who do not endure to the end will have their names blotted out of the book of life. Advocates of eternal security deny it could ever happen. But read the frightening possibility for yourself in Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. He that overcometh, 
I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. The implication is clear that those who are not overcomers, who do not endure to the end, will have their names blotted out. Thank you listener for your time. I was your presenter Ian Muse. God bless you. Hope that you've been blessed just like I was. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of our show for today. Feel free to give your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also drop us an email at awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Have a blessed and fruitful day as you continue to listen to other shows. Be sure to join us tomorrow. I've been a host, friend, and presenter, Samuel Mangi. Oh